Welcome to PeopleTech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Eric Seidel, Executive Vice President of Innovation at Modern Hire. They're a science-based recruiting platform with tools that touch multiple steps in the hiring process. We're going to talk about data, why it's important, and how to use it on this edition of PeopleTech. Eric, thanks for joining me today. Obviously, there's a lot of tech solutions at work in the talent acquisition space right now. What makes modern hire different? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think the core of that question gets at our approach to research and the scientific method. You know, there's a lot of us at Modern Hire that are psychologists, that are industrial organizational psychologists by background. And that means that we went through a lot of school that got at how to conduct research and how to find things out about the world and about, you know, human psychology and and how humans behave in the workplace. And with that comes, you know, a very rigorous stance on uh, how to find out what works and what doesn't work, you know. So you you collect data, you create hypotheses, you test those hypotheses, you um, find out, you know, kind of in an objective way whether a solution works or doesn't work. And so we do that with everything that we create and build. We build it, we test it, we retest it, we retest it some more, and we tweak it and improve it always. You know, so there's that sort of scientific mentality, the scientific method mentality that is behind everything we do. And what that means is, in practice, is that we don't take um, something like AI and say, okay, let's just smush some AI into this product and call it a day. You know, we uh, instead, we build it out very carefully and do a lot, a lot of testing to see whether it really works to do what we want it to do. And um, so I think, you know, fundamentally, that is the essence of the company and that that's in our DNA, you know, to do that. And so, you know, for example, we um, recently have rolled out a capability that involves using AI uh, to score the spoken word in an interview. You know, so we can take what a person says in an interview and apply AI to that to create a competency score on multiple different different competencies, um, and and then use that to help make the hiring process smoother, more objective, faster, fairer, etc. But we didn't just you know, create that capability and, and immediately roll it out. We created it in lab and then we tested it out with, you know, a ton of different cases of candidate data going through it and seeing what happened and to find out whether that score actually predicts results on the job and whether it's fair to all groups of people. And so that's, you know, that takes some time and it takes a lot of data and working through that to see how it works and whether it works. Um, We've also done things in the lab that we don't deploy. You know, we do that a lot, actually. We test a lot of things out in a lab setting just to see what happens and see if it works and see what we find and see if it's fair. Sometimes we find something that can predict performance really well, but that isn't fair or that we're worried might not be completely fair. 
So that doesn't get rolled out. You know, that just goes into the research bin um, and general knowledge of, of how things work and how, you know, predictive capabilities work. And, you know, our ability to predict job success changes all the time because there's new capabilities and technology coming out. You know, AI, as much as it has um, revolutionized so many aspects of our world, it's still developing. You know, there's new techniques all the time in the AI world coming out that make what we do easier and better and faster. So, you know, that's, that's sort of the essence, I think, of what makes modern hire different. That was a very long answer, Mark. I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what it is. It, it goes well beyond just designing a product to really doing a dissertation on the product, you know, to collecting a ton of data and, and testing it out and then continuing to do so in perpetuity in the future too, you know, because things change over time as well. Well, you know, the last time I interviewed you, you said that modern hire relies on hardcore rigorous, I'm sorry, hardcore rigorous science and talent acquisition. Can you give me an idea of what you mean by that? I mean, what's your approach and how does it work? So we, you know, fundamentally, what we need to sort of do science in our space is data. We need data on candidates and employees and on how those employees perform on the job. You know, so we need to be able to match up our measurements of what a person is like. And usually those are candidates, sometimes they're employees as well. We need to match that up to how they perform on the job, how long they last on the job, you know, how many widgets they sell, how good the customer service is that they deliver, you know, how generally um, good their solutions are that they're coming up with and the problems they're solving, et cetera. And so that's the, that's the basis of everything. It starts with collecting data. And then once we have the data, we can analyze it to see what predicts what. And if a solution predicts success on the job, it predicts job performance, great, you know, but that's not enough because it also has to be fair to, you know, all different um, protected classes. And so we have to test that as well. Um, and then there's, there's, of course, other, um, you know, litmus tests like efficiency and, you know, cost effectiveness and candidate engagement, um, the experience itself, you know, all those things have to be aligned for a solution to, you know, be finalized and sold by us. So, so there's a lot of considerations, but there's no silver bullet on predicting what a human will do in a future role. You know, there, we don't have a crystal ball. There is no crystal ball. And um, humans are, you know, inordinately complicated creatures. Um, you, you might know that if you've, you know, met some of us, I mean, we're, you know, we're confusing and we are inconsistent and we're amazing and problematic and, you know, all these things kind of rolled into one, right? And so understanding who a person is and whether they'll fit a job, whether they'll fit a role, whether they'll fit a company, it's complicated. And, um, you know, we are doing, I think, better and better all the time because of modern analytics being as strong as it is and new AI techniques and, you know, the, the big data world that we live in where so much data is captured. There's more and more we can do to make sure that that fit between an individual and a job and a company is ideal. It's ideal for the company and that they're, you know, getting an employee who performs well. And it's ideal for the employee who is getting a role where they can hopefully thrive.
you know, and enjoy it and stay a long time and grow in their career, et cetera. So there's, there's just tons of opportunity for that match to be optimized out there in the world. And that's, you know, it all starts with data. It all starts with some hypotheses about what we think will make a person successful in a role and then testing those out because we're wrong a lot of the time in the hypotheses we come up with, you know, our, our, um, I joke, you know, like our puny human brains are not really that good at determining what will make a person successful in a role. So, you know, I mean, uh, everybody thinks that, you know, experience is a good predictor of success in a job. And that's why when you go look at a job posting, it says, you know, you must have three to five years of experience or five to seven years of experience. And um, that's very rarely a useful um, measure. Um, really what matters is the quality of experience and what a person has learned and skills that they've acquired and things of that nature, not so much just the amount of time they've done a job, but, you know, in our human minds, that's a very simple metric that we think must be relevant for success. So, um, you know, that's just an example of the type of hypothesis that's probably not going to be borne out when you look at data, the amount of time is not usually related to success on that same type of job. So that's the process, you know, it's collecting data, it's analyzing the data, it's seeing what works, it's seeing what doesn't work, it's making sure it's fair, et cetera. And so um, again, you know, no silver bullets, no crystal balls, um, humans are complicated and the more data we get, the better the AI becomes, the better a job we can ultimately do at creating a successful match between that candidate and, and the organization. Let's step back for a minute and take a look at the market. Um, we're in a unique labor market right now. So how would you say modern hire fits into it? Are there certain types of roles you're one way or another optimized for, or yeah. can you deal with any population? Yeah, yeah. So short answer is, yeah, any population. Longer answer is that you know, we deal with a lot of high volume hiring solutions. And so they are most often deployed, I think, for roles that have, you know, a lot of applicants and a large headcount, a large, relatively large headcount. So, you know, you would look at things like, um, you know, call center representatives and field service technicians and things like that. But you can also go into, you know, professional level jobs, certainly, and managerial roles as well. And you can go across, you know, every sector of the economy, any industry. At this point, you know, we've been doing this for over two decades now, I think. Yeah, over two decades. And we've studied almost every job under the sun. You know, we, we don't, we may not have a, a solution for um, CEO of a biotech firm specifically, you know, that, that might be a, a job that we've never done a validation study for and studied specifically um, because it's so rare, you know, but we have other tools that can be useful at that level to, you know, try to help identify that level of person. Um, but, you know, below that, when you look at the range of jobs in the economy, um, we have, we have solutions developed for, for many of them. And we've studied a lot of them um, over the years. So, so that, and, and so in general though, our place in the HR tech marketplace is we are a firm that collects data on candidates and uses that data to help enable better decisions in the hiring process. So we don't do sourcing per se. Um, you know, we don't do sort of above the funnel. 
uh, tools very frequently. But once a person becomes a candidate, then they go through various gates that collect data on them. Interviews and assessments are chief among what we do. So we collect data from interviews and assessments, and then we process that. We use advanced analytics, you know, AI, et cetera, to process that and help enable a better decision. So a recruiter might then get a list of candidates that have applied for their job, and they can sort it based on scores that are validated, uh, scientifically determined to relate to or to predict performance on the job. And so we're sort of that middle part of the hiring funnel where you have all this data um, that we're collecting and then using it you know, to enable a better decision. So basically, you know, we're trying to make the hiring process scientific. So where you know, it can be very difficult as a recruiter or a hiring manager to figure out who to hire. Let's say, you know, you post a job, you get a hundred applications. What do you do with that? You know, you've got to read through every single one. You've got to figure out what their experience means and how it might may or may not relate to the job you're hiring for. Nobody can do that adequately. I mean, I'm a, I'm an industrial psychologist. I've been one my entire career. I've studied people my whole life. I can't do that. I don't know, you know, whether the school a person went to is a meaningful predictor of their success on the job that I'm hiring for. I don't know, you know, how conscientious do they need to be? I don't know all these things about them. I don't know this in my head. You know, I can't know that because nobody can. I mean, it's really the, the type of thing that can only be understood when you look at aggregate data, when you analyze that data and you see what the trends in the data are, you know. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. And so what our tools do is they put a number, they put a score on different characteristics that we measure based on volumes and volumes of data that we've analyzed. And then they are able to you know, help you zero in on who is likely to actually be a, a success in the job and who isn't. And you know, when we do that, when we look at the results that these um, assessments and interviews can help companies to achieve, they're big. You know, they, um, we have, gosh, we could literally go on for days talking about the results that our systems achieve. And that's because we have a team of dedicated analysts that is continually analyzing the results that come out of our systems. And so, for example, if you deploy a system and you hire people who score, um, you know, higher on the assessment that we deploy, let's say, over time, performance in that role of new hires is going to go up and turnover is going to go down. And then you can calculate the, the ROI impact of that. And it's tremendous. It's always huge because people have a huge impact on the bottom line. So, you know, for a, for a large client, you know, uh, um, a, a large retailer or that sort of thing, the ROI of these types of things is in many, many millions of dollars. 
um, in terms of better performance and lower turnover. Um, and so, you know, that's the type of gain that, that can be made um, for a large organization and for any organization, hiring better people is always a you know, tremendous value. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. You know, there's so many systems out there, um, you know, modern hire, Lord knows how many competitors that, that you've got. Um, do you think that recruiters and talent acquisition functions are getting the most out of these systems? No, I mean, I would, I would doubt that they are um, in general. Um, you know, I think that well-developed, scientifically built systems are common in certain areas of the economy and certain organizations. Um, but a lot of organizations haven't fully utilized that type of technology across their footprint yet. So I think I'm a big believer that there's a ton more that can be done with better data and better analytics. And I think, you know, we, we live in this big data world, right? We all know this where tons of data is constantly being created, but that doesn't mean that we're learning from that data. That doesn't mean that companies are optimized to actually look at that data and learn what it means. And, and most companies are not yet optimized for that. So, you know, it's very common uh, for a client of ours to say, hey, can you look at this data and tell us what it means? And, and we can analyze it and we can crunch it and see what it means for them. But sometimes they'll say, hey, can you take a look at this huge sample of resume data that we had and, and analyze it for us? And we'll say, yeah, sure. And then our HR contact will come back a week later and say, actually, I don't know how to extract that data and send it to you for analysis. Um, there seems to be no way for me to do that. So there's you know, situations where companies are storing a lot of data but have no legitimate or easy way to pull it out and analyze it. So just because we live in a big data world doesn't mean that that data is analyzable. So I think there's, there's a ton that can still be done. And you know, my, what I recommend the companies do is think about the data that they're collecting and that they may have access to and work towards kind of mapping out where it all lives and understand what the rules are that govern whether you can access and analyze that data because sometimes there's restrictions on it of various sorts. And sometimes you can't you know, extract it and put it in a, in a format that's analyzable. Um, but the thing that's exciting now is you know, with AI, like I use that example of resumes, right? Analyzing resumes. Five years ago, we couldn't analyze resumes very well, but now we can because of AI, because of natural language processing and deep learning. And these types of things are brand new. You know, I mean, in, in, the, in the scheme of things, these are very recent developments and very recent technologies. 
And the things we're talking about now and looking at were not possible just a few years ago. So that's, you know, that's exciting. So I think there's tons of potential um, for companies to do better with data and to, to collect data and to enable companies like us or even themselves internally to analyze that information and extract meaning from it. Um, and when you do that, you can better predict who's going to be a success on the job and you can learn to do it fairly as well. Um, because, you know, ultimately AI and any sort of, you know, modern analytics can help us to create a more just and fair world by, um, you know, looking at criteria that uh, actually predict performance and that do so fairly. We're basically at the turn of the year right now, moving into 2022. What are the things going on in talent acquisition that you're keeping a particular eye on? Well, of course, with the pandemic, um, that has changed so many things so drastically. And I think one of the one of the things that seems apparent to me now is that there is no constancy in what to expect. You know, it's difficult to say this is a trend that's going to continue. Um, what we know is we don't know a lot. And, you know, the amount of applicants that companies have may go down, may go up. Companies need to be prepared for different eventualities. So one of the things that I think is important is for companies to have a solid base um, in their hiring process that can help them source and screen and hire candidates and onboard candidates in times of candidate abundance and scarcity and to be able to, you know, roll with whatever happens. Um, and, and with, you know, AI, big data, et cetera, there's no reason why companies can't be positioned for that. Um, the, other, the other big thing that I think we've seen a lot of is uh, the huge emphasis that's on diversity, fairness, equity, inclusion. Um, and that feels to me like a lot of that focus has come out of AI uh, because AI initially led to some you know, problems of bias when it was applied early on. And I'm sure still is being applied in that manner today by some, some folks in some organizations around the world. Um, but AI also gives us a great opportunity to equalize things and to um, do a better job of analyzing data and making sure that things aren't biased for different groups of people. So in some ways, I think AI is the problem that led to our current focus on diversity and also the solution to that problem. So, you know, that's, that's an exciting thing. And I think there's just a lot of uh, power and, and potential in what we can do with AI in the future to help equalize things, equalize the workforce and, and learn more about how to, you know, create a more just and, and fair world. One of, the, one of the tools that I'm really excited about that we worked on this past year, Mark, is, um, is sort of an above the funnel interest type inventory. And we gave that to a big sample of people and what we found is that when you know um, people go through that tool, they're recommended jobs in a very sort of gender blind kind of way. And so if we look at a role like field service technician, uh, that role tends to be male, overwhelmingly male, but in the recommendations that our interest tool provided the candidates, it was recommending that at a very high rate for female applicants. So then that, drives female candidates 
to that field service technician role because objectively they're good fits for it. They can be good fits for it, just as good as men. And so all of a sudden you're able to start equalizing the applicants for that position, which can then help to, you know, ultimately equalize the distribution of men and women in that role. And there's no women, there's no reason women can't do that role just as well as men. It doesn't require, you know, some kind of outlandish strength or, you know, anything like that. It's just, it doesn't need that. And so, um, but women probably wouldn't think of themselves uh, as many women might not think of themselves as a fit for that role as actually are fit for that role. So we can help them to understand that and to drive them into those historically, um, you know, uh, unequal types of, of roles. So that's an exciting thing. And that comes out of data that comes out of data and being able to analyze it at scale and, you know, understand how and where people fit in the world. My last question We've been talking about the market, we've been talking about the technology, we've been talking about human behavior, essentially. With all that said, where does modern hire go from here? Well, you know, certainly we have a lot of great existing tools, interviews, assessments, scheduling capabilities, you know, workflow enablement features designed to make the hiring process smoother and more efficient, fair, effective, et cetera. And we continue to iterate on those tools and introduce new features and applications for those tools. Um, one of the big ones this past year was automatic interview scoring, which takes what a person says and applies a score to it, a, a validated, predictive, fair score, um, which is um, many times fairer than what humans would do um, if they're rating an interview response. So we have data that we've you know, tested and we found that in, which is very exciting. So we'll continue to expand and roll that type of tool out. Will it continue to use modern analytics to help make the hiring process fairer and more, more effective? And I think, you know, beyond that, I look in my role in labs and in innovation to sort of expand the data that we're able to make sense of. So expanding from just traditional assessments to more unstructured information, written responses, typed responses, spoken responses, et cetera, um, or other types of data could be resumes, could be, you know, social profiles. I mean, those are things that we might study in a lab, but that we probably wouldn't use in the actual hiring process. But there's a lot to be understood out there. And, and we view it as our role to help clients understand what all that data means and how to most effectively use it in the hiring process. So, I mean, we're in a golden age, I think, of research and understanding of what makes people successful on the job because of AI, because of deep learning and natural language processing. So, you know, for decades and decades, the field of industrial psychology was basically, hey, here's a test, you know, and we'll give you a score for extroversion and conscientiousness and some other things. And that's about it. And now we can score almost anything, you know, using using modern analytics. And that's that's awesome because in being able to do that, it really opens the door to making the hiring process vastly better for candidates, for organizations, for recruiters, et cetera. Eric, thanks for coming by today. You bet. Always great to talk with you, Mark. My guest today has been Eric Seidel. Executive Vice President of Innovation at Modern Hire. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. 
We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.